Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. This is Arthur Pearlie Martin with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. How many of you know that we have to be able to take the blink out of our own eye before we can see the splinter in our brother's eye? Lord, it's me. Here I am, Lord, it's me standing in the need of prayer. It's me, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. I don't know about you. I don't know what you woke up to do, but I woke up to praise the Lord and say, Lord, here I am again. Send me. I will go. Any way you want to bless me, Lord, I'm satisfied. Any way you want to use me, Lord, I'll do it. I'll say it. Nothing before it's time and nothing before a season. How many of you know, guys, thank you so much for joining in today on uh, this wonderful July Uh Wednesday, Thursday, July, Thursday, 2022. Um, I don't think I'm going to be before you long. I'm not sure. I just want to say whatever the Lord has me to say. I'm sitting here having my morning devotions and just meditating and concentrating and thinking about some things. And I want to talk about relationship. <laughs> relationship. Having a relationship, a love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not about works. It's about relationship and being in sync and being led by the Holy Spirit. But what you already know, we're going to pray first. Father, we just thank you for being here with us, for being amongst us, for being in us. Father, it's because of you that we live, move, and we have our being. We ask that you open up our ears to hear. Open, uh, give us wisdom to be able to do what we hear, Father God. Uh, open up our heart to receive the word so that we can bring forth fruit in due season. And Father, we just give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, amen, amen. So, uh, yeah, I want to talk to us today about... um. I want to talk about John 3, 16. John 3, 16 tells us, it says, It was for God so loved us that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus. For God so loved us that he gave his only son, his only begotten son, who was Jesus, to die for us. Uh, so those who believe will have life and they, uh, you know, have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should have life shall have eternal life, right? And if we don't believe on him, guess what? We're going to be condemned. Um, so I'm here to talk to you about resting, how we can cease from our labor, how it's not about you trying to do anything. Um, our love, how many of you know that our obedience to God comes out of our love for God? And the only somebody, I, I'm gonna, today I'm a, I want you to be able to rest. I want you to be able to rest from your works. I want you to be able to cease so you can have peace and understand and know that the only somebody we're called and required to satisfy and to please is the Lord Jesus Christ. Nobody can please everybody. And we're not called to be men pleasers. The Bible says that we're men pleasers, then we're no longer servants of the Lord. So we're called to be God pleasers, not men pleasers. Okay, so I, I just want to break it down to you so you don't understand that when you get in a big old crowd, you don't have to become, 
you know, you don't have to try to satisfy them and this person and that person. How many of you know when the Apostle Paul says, I become all things to all men, not disobeying God, he wasn't talking about compromising or being a man pleaser. He was talking about, in other words, if you tell ask me to, if, if, if when I come around you, I can't wear my shoes. Hey, guess what? I won't wear my shoes if this is what I have to do to come around you. You know, that's not a sin to me. If I have to take my shoes off to come into your house uh, because that's your rules I, to, so I can talk to you about the Lord. Guess what? I'm going to take those shoes off so I can come into your house so I can talk to you about the Lord because that's the aim. That's the focus. That's the goal. You know. Um, to be able to preach the gospel to others, um, to let people know this is this is the this is the love that compels us. The apostle Paul says that it's the love of Christ that compels us, that compels him to want to go and tell others. Is God love compelling you? Okay, I'm trying to stick with it. Is what the Lord say? Yeah, but it's the love of God. That causes our obedience to God. Jesus said, if you love me, then obey me. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Hold on. Now, you know, there's no condemnation in this. This is all about a teachable moment. How many of you know that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God? And a lot of times we know a lot of Bible verses, but we don't know how to do it. So this here, we're going to, the Lord, we're going to talk about how to do what you know. We know a lot of stuff. We, of course, we know John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. But what does that mean? And what does that look like? Well, John 3, 16, for God so loved, it was because he so loved that he gave. How many of you know that love is an action word? It's not all in what you say, it's in what you do. When you give people your time, you give people your attention, you Whatever the need is that the Lord is putting it on you, then you minister to that need. Love is an action word. It's not just saying that you love a person. God didn't just say he loved us and did nothing. He proved his love to us. The Bible say that uh, by, by allowing his son to die for us when we were yet sinners, Romans says, Christ still, he proved his love to us by still dying for the ungodly. When we were yet sinners, Christ still died for the ungodly. He died for us. When we didn't know him, to acknowledge him, when we denied him uh, because we didn't want anything to do with him, he already knew that one day we would say yes. Jesus said, I know those. He prayed to the Father. He said, Father, I know those that are mine, and the evil one will not be able to pluck them from my hand. That's why when some of you, you know, I don't know about you, but I've tried to backslide uh, in the past, and it's like his hand was just still so heavy on my head, you know, smiling on the outside, but I was so miserable on the inside, and I'm thinking, how can they just be like that, not feel anything, Is because his hand was on my head, you know, the devil was trying to sift us, he tries to sift us like wheat, but when we're, you're, you're in the world, but when you're no longer part of the world, and when you try to backslide and try to go back into the world, you don't fit in. <laughs> Isn't that a wonderful thing? God chastised those that he loves, but I wanted, I'm talking about relationship. Um, it's, it's not about um, trying to love God more. It's talking about having a relationship with the Lord. The, Jesus said in John, he said, um, if you say that you have fellowship with me, but yet you still walk in darkness, then you are a liar and the truth is not in you. 
Why does he say this? Because in order to fellowship with someone, you have to be in relationship with someone. Are you fellow? Do you have fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ? If you don't have fellowship with him, you're not in relationship with him. If you're not in relationship with him, then you can't say that you love him. God says the way you'll know the love that uh, my disciples is by the love they have for one another. But not only that, when we love others, that's how we prove we love God, that God abides in us and we abides in God. But he who have not loved does not abide in God and God does not abide in him. Why is this? Because the Bible says for God is love in John. Love is not, God don't just love us. Love is who God is. I don't know about you, but the Lord wants to develop a love relationship with us. Because as we, the more we love him, the more we want to be obedient to him. It's not about trying to be a better person. Oh, I'm trying to be a better person. Oh, I'm going to try to be a better wife. Oh, I'm going to try to be this. I'm going to try to be that. Let, I want you to cease from your works. And understand and know that it's not by might nor by your power, but it's by the spirit of the Lord, says the Lord. It's not about you trying to be better. It's about you understanding that you're already about your developing that love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Your obedience to God is going to come out of that love relationship with God. The fruits of the spirit is in us, but they have to be watered and they have to be developed. See, I don't have to try to love you when I love him. Because my love for God is going to cause me to love you like God. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That when you hang out with someone, when you fellow, the Bible says Amos 3 and 3 said, how can two walk together except they both agree? I want to take the struggle out of your life. Let's take, let's rest. Let's enter into the rest of the Lord. You know, the children of Israel, they didn't have to struggle. They wandered in that wilderness for 40 years. It was an 11 day journey, but because their mindset is what kept them where they was at. They was getting their daily needs met. God was providing for them daily. They had daily provisions. I mean, he promised to do that, right? He promised to meet our needs. He said, I, I, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Do I not clothe the lilies of the field and feed the birds of the air? You know, the Lord is saying, come on now, I need you to seek me first because how many of you know that the provisions of God are in the will of God? We're not to chase after the creation, we're to uh, chase after the creator, to rest in the Lord, to walk in what he has already provided for us. I want you to cease from your works, develop this love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ so you can be sent out on assignments. (laughs) You're not sitting around trying to think of good ideas. You're not thinking those who are the sons of God are led by the spirit of God. But we have to have a relationship with God to be led by the spirit of God. Right. So in order to have a relationship with someone, we know this to be true, even in the natural, that you have to spend time with someone to have a relationship with someone. If you don't spend time, you know, you can read, um, I could read uh, Oprah's autobiography and that's going to tell me about her. But for me to say that I know her, that would not be truthful. And we can read the word and don't get me wrong because God and his word is one. And that's the logos. But if we don't fellowship with him, 
and spend time with him through pray, prayer, worship. God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. We have to sit time aside to fellowship with our father. The same way we have to sit time aside to fellowship with a man, a woman, a husband, or spouse, or anything else, is the same way we have to sit time aside to spend time with our Lord Jesus Christ. Some, you know, I hear people, sometimes people complain about, well, I'm not able to, my husband's not spending time with me. My wife is not spending time with me. I can't spend time with my kids. Uh, I, you know, uh, well, the same way you're longing to spend time with those people is the same way God is longing for us to spend time with him. Everything comes out of him. It's in him and because of him that we live, move, and have our being. If I don't spend time with God, I'm not going to be able to be so good to you. It's not by might nor by power, but it's by his spirit. I'm not trying to be nice to you. I'm not trying to be good to you. I'm not trying to be kind to you. I'm not trying. Listen to what I'm saying. Um, listen here, we got. I'm finna punch it in here. Why is it that I'm not trying to? Because it's just in me. The fruits of the spirit is in me. You don't have to try, just be. Believe, rest in what God has done. When you have that relation, there's no way you can hang out with God. There's no way you can fellowship with the Lord and, and still walk in darkness. Because in order to, like I said, in order to have fellowship with God, you have to have a relationship. You have to walk in relationship with God. You have to spend time with God. In the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy and pleasures evermore. When you get when we get in the presence of the Lord, there is deliverance. When we get in the presence of the Lord, change is going to come. Deliverance is going to come. Demons cannot stand in the presence of the Lord. When we get in the presence of the Lord, we're going to come out different. I'm talking about the presence of the Lord. And I'm not just talking about at a corporate level. I'm talking about every day. I'm talking about making your car your sanctuary, making your closet your sanctuary, make, you know, praying without ceasing, just being God conscious all throughout your day. Are you thinking about God? Because God is thinking about you. God is mindful of us. He says that we're the apple of his eye and the work is already finished. We have to know who we are so we can walk in it. We are victorious. We're heirs and joint heirs in Jesus Christ. We're already rich, so we don't have to take chase after the money. Money should be following us. Goodness and mercy is following us. We should not have to be, we don't, we're not called to chase after things. The things will overtake us when we chase after the God who created us and who created the things. The Bible says that many have departed from the faith and have pierced their souls with many sorrows, chasing in behind riches. I'm not speaking against riches because the Bible says money is the answer to all things. What I am speaking against is chasing after the money. Some of us are so busy chasing after the money that we don't have time for God. Oh, I'll I'll spend time with him later. I got to go to bed early so I can get up for work. There, oh, oh, you know there's no condemnation in this. But how many of you know that we must be willing to face the truth in order to be set free from the lie?
there's no condemnation in this. This is a teachable moment. You know, I don't know about you, but my prayer is, Lord, help me to see me because I'm not called to fix people around me. That's God's job. I'm called to be a light in the midst of their darkness. I'm called to be kind to you when you're evil to me. I'm called to bless you when you curse me. I'm called to pray for you when you think that you're despitefully using me. You know, this is what the word tells us. The Bible says in Colossians that whatever we do in word or deed, to do it as unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Some of us wouldn't have to talk so much if we lived out, if we lived out loud, if we was a living light, your very lifestyle will convict those around you. And you know, I, I remember I've seen where I've walked into people's houses and they begin to put up their liquor or begin to hide stuff. Or if they slip and cuss, they say, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, what is that? It's not you. It's not us. It's the God inside of us. To God be the glory. It's the light that they see, the, the anointing that's on us, the light that they see in us that's causing people to become convi uh, 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 convicted convinced that I need to change. I need to do better. When people get in your presence, they should know that they need to do better. Not because you're preaching a bunch of scriptures at them, but just because of the lifestyle that you live. The word of God say, let your light so shine. Your light is your lifestyle. You, I know you, a lot of times we thinking that you just got to say it, that you have to be talking all the time. You got to be preaching Bible. But, but I'm telling you, after you said it once, that everything else is a nag. Make sure that we're not saying stuff unless the Lord is telling us to say it. He will open doors for you to be able to witness to this one or witness to that one. But sometimes he'll just have you sit around and be a light in the midst of the darkness. They're going to want to know what's wrong with you. You, you act different. You don't fit in. And when they come to you with those questions, that's your open door to tell them your testimony. See, you don't understand that that what you're saying about them, that used to be me. You know, I was all dressed up on the outside, but empty on the inside, looking for love in all the wrong places and all the wrong people. We're chasing after the wrong thing. How many of you know that whatever takes the place of God in our life becomes the God of our life? It can even be a good thing and still not be a God thing. Um, because if we're not doing it because the Lord tells us to do it, then we're not doing it for the right reason. Whatever you do in word or deed, we're called to do it as unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is death. Some of us have become complacent, comfortable in the place. You know, I was reading about Abraham yesterday and the Lord was telling him, look here, get up and leave your kinfolks, leave your kinsmen, leave your father's house. Get packed. Listen here, pack your stuff. You got to go from this place. You got to leave from this place. You know, but in the next, he was already kind of wealthy. He had everything that he needed. He was, but in order to get to the next place, he had to leave that place. It took no more faith to be in the place that he's in. And when we've outgrown the place, then it's time to move on to the next place. But um, if Abraham wouldn't have got up and left that place, he wouldn't have been the father of many nations because the promise was not in that place. Yes, God was supplying him with what he needed, his daily provisions, but God had so much more for him. And if he would not have left that place, he would have been in disobedience.
Why? Simply because he was not doing what God told him to do. He could have been doing a lot of good things. He could have been feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, preaching the gospel, teaching. He could have been doing all these things. But it, it wouldn't have been as it wouldn't have been until the Lord. Because that was he was out of place. There is a way that seem it right. Is your plan God's plan? How do you know when your plans is God's plans? When your plans line up with God's word, then your plans is God's plans. See, if, if I'm, I'm going to use this because I know everyone can understand it. If I'm planning on robbing a bank, then we know that that's not God's plan. How do we know that's not God's plan? Because God is not a thief. He does. He, the devil comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. John 10, 10 tells us. Measure what you're doing. Measure your marriage to the word. Measure your lifestyle to the word. Does it match up with what the word says? There's no condemnation. Because once again, this is not about you trying to fix you. <laughs> it's not about you trying to fix you. It's not self-confidence, it's God's confidence. Have no confidence in your own arm of flesh. Have no confidence in your ability. It's not by might nor by power. Our obedience to God comes out of our love for God. And our love for God comes out of our relationship with God. Relationship, relationship, relationship. Without a relationship with God, and we're trying to do the word of God without a relationship with God, we're in works. That's when we get into works. I'm trying to satisfy you, God. I'm trying to please you, God. But it's not about trying to satisfy. God is pleased with you. It's not about, the Bible say, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because when we don't believe God, we call him a what? Liar. I like it like that. Simple, plain, and I'm not here to try to justify uh, my wrong behavior or your wrong behavior because we have to confess our own faults one to another before we can be healed, right? I have to be able to clearly see me before I can see you, not in a way to condemn myself, but in a way to say, Lord, I repent. I change my mind. I change my ways. I'm not just, because how many of you know that repentance is evidence? It can be seen. Change can be seen. A change in our lifestyle shows that we have a change. Uh, we have repented. The Bible says godly sorrow worketh repentance unto salvation. It's like this. If I tell you, oops, I'm sorry, I made a mistake and hit you. Okay. Then that means if it was, if I'm truly sorry, I'm not going to turn around and do the exact same thing again. Because when you're really, I'm sorry, repentance is evident. You can see change. <laughs> there will be a change in my behavior. There will be a change in my lifestyle. There's going to be a change. Okay. So I, I want to say to you, you, hey, you quit trying to fix you and walk in what God, the finished work, um, develop that love relationship with God. If you want to please God, just believe God. You know, you don't have to give your body to burn. Okay, Jesus, you don't have to sacrifice yourself, your body to burn. Jesus already did that. To please God is to believe God. The Bible says that the children of Israel could not enter into his rest. They couldn't enter into the promise, even though God has promises for us. And we're not in the right place. 
we're not going to re- we're going to abort- we're going to abort the promises. Even though the Lord had told the children of Israel that he had given them the land of Canaan, it was theirs. But he said, listen here, you're going to have a part in it. You're going to have to go in and possess it. But he said, because of their evil, uh, their evil heart of unbelief, they could not enter into the rest, into his rest. And a lot of us were not able to enter into God's rest because of our evil heart of unbelief. And we don't have faith to press into the promised land. We don't have faith to possess it. And even though the prophetic words are all true, everything that they're saying is true, we're still going to have to add our faith to it to receive what it says. In order to walk in it, in order to believe it, in order to receive it, you have to believe it. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. We must not first believe that he does not, that he exists. But not only that he exists, the word say, but he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. How many of you know that even demons believe in God and tremble? It's not just enough to believe that God exists, but we also need to go on and believe that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, right? What is it to have faith in God? I I think I believe I did a podcast on this, have faith in God. What does that mean? What does it mean to have faith in God? Someone would say, uh, yet to believe his word. That's true. God and his word is one. But we're going to go on a little. We're going to press in a little bit deeper Um, to have faith in God, to have faith in who he is. It's like someone says, I have faith in you. What do you mean by that? I have faith in your and uh, have faith in God's love. Have faith in God's faithfulness. Have faith in God's kindness. Have faith in God's long suffering. Have faith in God's gentleness. Have faith in God's patience. Have faith in God's long suffering. <laughs> having faith in God is having faith in who God is. God is love. Okay. The Bible says that God, Jesus did not come to do away with the law, but to fulfill the law. Why? Because it's not by works. You know, our salvation is not based upon our works. It's based, lest any man will have something to boast about. I mean, if my salvation was based upon my works, I could say, oh, I know I'm going to make it in because I've been saved for 32 years. You know, I talk about God all the time. Uh, I go to church six days a week. Uh, You know, that would be, that would, it's not by works, lest any man should boast. But love is the fulfillment of the law. What do you mean by that? See, when love is the fulfillment of those 10 commandments that Moses brought down and all the other 600, 500 some laws, 600 some laws that's in the book of Deuteronomy. It's not by our righteousness. The Bible says that our righteousness outside of the Lord Jesus Christ is like a filthy rag. We have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. We must come through the blood of Jesus. We have to come through by way of the blood. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come unto the Father except he come by me. Listen, I was uh, looking on my Facebook yesterday and, you know, things pop up on your feed. And um, there was this video and there was a group of young men, um, black men, talking about uh, some false religion. And they were standing outside the church waiting for the pastors to come out so they can ask them questions. They was wanting to debate. But how many of you know that the, during this season, the word of God is not going to just rest in the, the, the in mere words, 
but it's going to be demonstrated in power. It's going to have to be because a lot of these young people, are they're not going to believe unless they see. They're not because they already know about religion and they, they're here to debate. Don't get into debates. The false religion, they want to uh, argue on their false doctrine and they want to debate. They want to talk about the uh, the kind of hair Jesus had and the color of his skin. Well, we know that God is a spirit, right? A spirit. And those who worship him, worship him, must worship him in spirit and truth. He's no longer a flesh and blood man. Second Corinthians 5, 15, is, um, 15, 16 tells us, no longer. Know no man according to the flesh. 2 Corinthians 5, 16. Know no man according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. We now no longer know Christ according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Therefore, um, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things, uh, behold, old things are passed away. No, old things are passed away. Behold, which means look and see. All things have become new, right? So read, go back and read 2 Corinthians 5, 16 and 17, because a lot of us know 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ. But look, read the one above it, how he tells us to know no man according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. We now no longer know Christ according to the flesh. Why is it we know now no longer know Christ according to the flesh? Because Christ is no longer a flesh man, but he's spirit. He's sitting at the right hand side of the father. When the great, when the devil comes, because they're coming, they were standing outside the church waiting said they was waiting for the pastors to come out to wonder why they ain't out there talking to them. Exactly true. I agree with that, but not, not to debate. The word of God is never to debate. Okay. We don't debate the word of God um, because uh, they, they're going to believe what they want to believe. The way, you know, when I was uh, confronted with one of these, uh, with a person of this false religion, I said to them, I don't want to get into all of that. All I want to tell you is that I once was blind, but now I see. I don't, I don't, you know, th- this stuff that you're talking about is stuff that you read, but I'm telling you about stuff that I lived. Okay. It's a difference. Which one is the greater witness? The one who experienced it or the one who read about what someone else who they don't even know wrote? Because the same way you believe what you're reading I believe not only what I'm reading, but I believe what I've experienced, which is the greater witness. The one who has tasted and seen and experienced the goodness of God, whose life was transformed and changed by the word of God, by the power of God, or the one who's telling you about uh, what color uh, Jesus got uh, wool hair, Jesus got blue skin. You know what I tell them? I said, God is a spirit. And so when his spirit is in you, guess what? If you got curly hair, he got curly hair. You know, when he's speaking through you, God is a spirit. Don't get off into this. The Bible say, to don't argue, don't talk about those old wise fables. Don't get caught up in the keeping certain holidays or what foods you should eat, right? Don't get into all that stuff because it's only going to lead to unfruitful hearing. This is all about righteousness, peace, and joy of the Holy Ghost. The purpose of the gospel is to draw people to Jesus Christ. People that don't know God need a relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. I don't know all that stuff that you're talking about. I don't know about that. But what I do know 
is that I once was lost. I once was empty on the inside. I know what it looks like, but I was dressed up on the outside and I was smiling on the outside, but I was empty on the inside, looking for love in all the wrong places, looking for validation in all the wrong people. And a lot of us is out there doing it and we measure success by what we do. Success is not measured by what you do because at the end of the day, everything that we own on this earth, all that money you have in your bank account, all those cars or whatever it is that you feel like makes you feel like you have arrived or makes you feel like, you know, this is it. At the end of the day, everything that we own is on lease because we're leaving this place. And the only thing that's going to matter is what we do for Jesus Christ. We're leaving this place. We're in this world, but we're not of the world. We're sojourners. We're passing through. And along the way, that's what Jesus did. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. He, he was passing through. He came to make disciples so they can make other disciples, not churchgoers. He came to make disciples, preparing and equipping them for the work of the ministry. Jesus looked at the multitude and he had great compassion because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he said, therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest. Jesus is the Lord of the harvest. He said, pray that he will send forth labors into his harvest. And we are the labors. You're the labor that someone prayed for. So when you encounter their loved one and you're talking to them about the Lord, look at yourself as Lord, thank you. Use me as a laborer. At the end of the day, that's all that matters. Because when you're in that grave, at that funeral, there's no money. There's no bank account. We can't take nothing, even the clothes and the rings they put on our body. If you go back and look in that casket, that stuff going to still be there. And that all only thing you're going to find in there over the course of time is dirt. Dirt and probably bones, things like that. Because we're going to go back to this body is going back to the dirt. It's going back to the dirt that God created it from in the book of Genesis 3. When God created man from the dirt. And when he breathed his Zoe life into him, that's when he became a living soul. But this body is going back to dirt. So it's not about trying to impress people. It's about trying to impress Jesus. Because when you are in a love relationship with God, when we're walking in fellowship with God, I'm going to know how to love my husband. I'm going to know how to treat people. I'm going to know how to, I'm, I'm going to be kind, not just to you, but I'm going to be kind to everyone. Why? Because my love for God, that's what's going to cause my obedience. It's not going to be, oh, oh, I'm trying to change. When You know what? I did a podcast called Understanding the Process of Change. Because everyone, if you have accepted Jesus Christ for real and you got saved for real, your spirit is willing. Your spirit wants to do the right thing. But what it is, is when you accept Jesus Christ, your mind did not change. Your spirit changed, but not your mind. The mind is still carnal. The mind is a carnal mind. It's an unrenewed mind. So what? how do we change? In order to change our behaviors, we have to change our mindset. We have to be transformed, Romans 12 and 1 and 2. We have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Change is a process because it's going to take time for us to renew our minds. So be patient. But even in that, we go to the Lord and say, Lord, show me how. Show me what. Show me where. How do I change? Go back in on my podcast and listen to 
understanding how the process of change because change is a process. So be patient with yourself doing your doing the transformation, doing the sanctification process. When the Holy Spirit will begin to set you apart, and you uh, people will start, there will be a, a separation. You're going to lose people in your life, but that's just all part of the sanctification process. This is all part of the journey because the the ones who take out, he'll send some new ones in. Everybody's not going where you're going. Everybody's not headed. We're all, our goal, of course, I'm, ta- I'm talking about here on this earth. I'm talking about as far as visions and purpose, but even, it, but everybody's not going to heaven and we're going to have to, uh, we're going to have to admit that. So I like to tell people when they try to challenge me that false spirit comes. Um, but what if what I'm saying is true? You have everything to lose. But if I don't believe what you're saying, I have nothing to lose. Because what's the end all of, of you believing what you believe in? What's the reward in believing that, you know, so, okay, so what? Jesus had wool hair. Okay, okay, so, all right. Uh, okay, and now what? You see what I'm saying? I, when, when, what I want to talk to you about Jesus is the reason God can relate to us is because we have not a high priest. Jesus came in the form of a man. Okay, he did. He came in the form of a man, a flesh man. He who knew no sin became sin so that we could be made the righteousness of God in, in Christ Jesus. Okay, he came and he dwelt among men. He came in the flesh of a human being and he dwelt among men. But his purpose for coming wasn't to separate and divide because of the color of his skin. His purpose for coming was to preach the gospel so that none could be would, would be lost. He who knew no sin became sin. So we could be uh, we could be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He, the Bible say it was for this purpose that the son of God was made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. So I like to tell people that everything that Adam did, Jesus had to come to undo. He redeemed us. He had to be sinless to pay for our sins, to redeem us for our sins. And this is why he told Nicodemus in John, uh, 1 John 3 and 3, I believe it is, you must be born again. Excuse me. Verily, verily, I say unto you that you must be born again. You know, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And he said, I don't understand. Does a man enter into his womb a second time? No, he said, but that's what was born of flesh is flesh. That's what is born of spirit is spirit. Uh, we have to confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is the son of God. That he died and he rose um, and you shall be saved. I don't care about none of that stuff. I don't care about the color of his skin. I don't care about the color of his hair. I don't care about that. I care about the color of his blood because it was his blood that redeemed me. And all I can say to you, to those who don't believe, is that you have a written book that you read that some man wrote, okay? And that's what your faith is in. But I'm here to tell you that I've tasted and I've seen for myself that God is real. I'm not here to argue about doctrines, but I will tell you about the real Jesus that I encountered. All I know, like that young man who was blind and Jesus touched his eyes and he was able to see. And then the religious crew came to him. They wanted to debate. 
you know, the great debaters, they've always been around the scribes and Pharisees. They've always been around trying to test Jesus, wanting to try to trick them. But Jesus would know their thoughts. And how many of you know that the gifts of the spirit is just for that purpose? The purpose of the words of knowledge, words of wisdom, discerning of the spirits and all this is all for the work of the ministry. And so when people are coming to you to test you, the Holy Spirit will let you know why they're asking what they're asking. Um, but not just so you can know, but it's so you can know what to say. Don't worry about what you're going to say. But when you counted and confronted, he'll give you the words to say when the time comes. But don't get don't let him drag you into debates. Don't let him drag you into trying to keep certain holidays and trying you're not supposed to eat this meat the bible jesus said he told the apostle paul in the book of revelation let no man call unclean what i've cleansed you know what i'm saying but listen here if if you're doing it unto the lord and if that's your conscience then god is god is he's your father he's able to cause you to stand right um we have to go through jesus for god to be our father but don't get don't get into that. If that's your personal conviction, don't try to put your personal convictions off on other people. Because at the end of the day, this flesh, you see, when you go to a funeral, how the body is there in the coffin. That's because you know what caused that person to long, no longer live is that their spirit left their body. The Bible says it's the spirit that giveth life. So uh, and the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is also going to quicken our mortal body. So that body is there in that coffin. And when you go back years and years from now, you're going to find dirt and bones because that's what we were made of. The Genesis tell us we was made from dirt, right? So what happened was his spirit left the body. Where did the spirit go? Did he accept Christ? Well, to be absent from the body, be present with the Lord. What I want to know, but if not, it, you know, it's heaven or hell. And you say, well, I don't believe in that. Okay, that's your choice and your decision. I'm not here to convince you. I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you that I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was depressed, but now the joy of the Lord is my strength. And when the devil comes to try to take me to that place, because I have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm no longer stuck in that place. I can praise my way through it. I can praise my way out of it. To have faith in God, a hopeless person is a person who has no faith in God. A hopeless person is a very dangerous person because a hopeless person don't feel like they have nothing to lose, not understanding. If you leave this world and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, hell will be your home. Yes, I said that. We have to make it clear and concise because as we approach these evil in times, we're going to have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So you don't lose your mind. The Bible says evil men are going to grow worse. So nothing that happens in this world surprises me or catches me off guard. Because the word of God, I believe it in my heart. When I read it, I believe it. How many of you know that believers believe? Okay. Believers believe. Believers believe. I know I was talking with a, a, a person uh, and they didn't really believe in Jesus Christ and and all this stuff, and they wanted to get into doctrine. I told them, I don't know about none of that, because really the stuff that you're telling me, you're trying to convince me not to believe the Bible I read, but you done set up and read someone else's stuff. 
Okay, you're telling me about something that you read, but I'm telling you about something that I've experienced. And I experience on a daily basis the peace that passes all understanding. I experienced the peace of God. I'm talking the word of God is real. And you and I don't know about you, but I've lived a lot of scriptures. I've walked in a lot of the word. He tells us, he said, be anxious for nothing but in everything. Through prayer or supplication with thanksgiving, just let your request be made known unto God. And then the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will cover your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And I don't know about you, but it's too late for me because I'm fully convinced because I've tasted and I've seen for myself that the Lord is real. It's not, I didn't even get saved. I didn't even accept Christ in a building. I was sitting at home minding my own business. When the Lord began to draw me. So if you can hear my voice, if you can, if you're in the sound of my voice and the Holy Spirit is convicting you and the Holy Spirit is convincing you that you are in need of a savior, that you are in need of Jesus Christ, because all that doctrine that you're learning. What? So what does all that mean? So, OK, so Jesus had wool hair. OK, so what now? What? What does that mean? I want to talk to you about the blood of Jesus, the color. He, he's a spirit now. He's no longer here. Okay, I want to talk to you about the love of God because you're in search of something. You're in search, you're in search of him. You're empty on the inside and we really was created to worship. And so if we don't worship God. We're going to worship idols and we're going to worship statues and we're going to worship the creation instead of the creator. But the truth of the one thing I find to be true is that people who say they don't believe in the Bible, the stuff that they believe was taken from the Bible. <laughs> they take, like, you know, it's like, either it's all true or it's no, none of it's true. Come on now. It's all true or none of it's true. You like to, we like to pick, either it happened or it didn't happen. But we want to pick and choose what we want to do. We want to treat the word of God like a buffet. But true believers, they believe it. They read it and they believe it. And then they say, Lord, give me your wisdom because I need to know how to do what I know. Because a lot of us, we know a lot of stuff and we're well versed, but we don't know how to do it. So how do we walk in the love of God? Uh, by being obedient to him. It comes out of our love relationship. When you love someone, it's easy to satisfy them. Some of you, you, we know we done did some foolish stuff in the name of love. You know, get up at four o'clock in the morning. You don't want it. You don't want to. Your flesh don't want to. But it's your love for your spouse or your love. You know, it's your love for that person that causes you to want to do those things. You know, my husband was out. He had knee surgery. He was out like six months. He almost lost his leg. There were some things I had to do. My flesh didn't always feel like doing it. But it was my love, the love of God that was motivating me. It was my love for him and my, my love for God that was, causing, that was strengthening me. God was strengthening me to be able to do some of the things that I had to do. Sometimes you had to stay up late. You had to watch the medication. You had to change the thing on his leg. I mean, it was a lot. Um, but God was gracing me. And it wasn't work for me. Because when you love someone, that's not work. I can sit in honor and a privilege to do this for you because of the love that I have. You know, my mom, whenever I had a chance to do something for her, that wasn't work for me. I considered an honor and a privilege. It was, that's what it was. It was a privilege for me to be able to show my mom how much I loved her. When I would drive from 
Dallas to Oklahoma, from Oklahoma to Oklahoma City, back to Lawton, back to Oklahoma City. That was, I had so much joy. That wasn't work for me. I was so excited. Why? Because it was the love in me. My love for my mom is what compelled me. My love for God, my love for my mom. It was like, oh my God, I get to do something for, for her. And you know, and the love of God is not just for your four and no more because God so, he's, God so loved the world. You know, you don't have to love a person, know a person to love a person. When you have the love of God in you, loving others is easy. Forgiving others is easy. When we realize and understand that God forgave us, and, and this is why I say stuff like, if you find it hard, if you can't not forgive them for what they said or did to you, can you at least forgive them for being imperfect, just like you? And always remember, because unforgiveness causes you to remember what someone else did to you, you. But it causes you to forget what you did to someone else. Jesus said, you know what? If you don't forgive others, I won't forgive you. Why? Because in order for God to forgive us and, and um, we not forgive others, that's him co-signing on our sin. We have to do what God say if we want to see what God say. Our love for God causes our obedience to God. So I did a podcast. Have you left your first love? I did a podcast rekindling our love relationship. We need to rekindle our love relationship. What causes us to lose the desire for the things of God, the fire for God? And we can be religious. We can still be getting up, going to church every Sunday, but we're not really spending time with God. And, you know, um, that's corporate. Corporate is not individual fellowship. It's not It's not our, our quality time with the Lord. That's us coming together as a family, praising God. That's good. We need that. But uh, my everyday life, my this is my lifestyle. This is how I live for real. This has, religion has nothing to do with this. This is my really, my real lifestyle. I mean, I really do uh, be in the car praying with no radio on so I can hear, washing dishes. When I'm here by myself, no TV. Why? Because I'm trying to hear. I want to hear whatever it is that the Spirit of the Lord is saying to me. I want to know what God knows. He said, before the foundations of the world, God knew me. I want to know what it is he know about me. What do you know about me, Lord? I want to seek him daily. I want to acknowledge him in all my ways so that he can direct my path. He is the father and I'm the child. Except we come to him as a little child. We cannot inherit the kingdom. And so when I was talking to this person who was, you know, at conflict within themselves and don't believe in God, that's a man-made book. Well, the book you wrote was man-made. But I always tell people that the way you know the Bible is real is because it's a prophetic book. It tells you about things. It has an answer for every solution. And it prophesies about stuff that hasn't, it has, it happened over 2,000 years ago, but it's repeating itself. There's nothing new under the sun. What, what's going on now has already been done. The situation, the circumstances may not be the exact same. We're no longer riding on horses and carriage and buggies and, you know, all this kind of stuff, camels. Um, but the demons, how many of you know that the devils don't die? So the same devils that was there in Jesus' days are still here. Devils don't die. Whatever, whatever, you know, when we choose to live for Christ, the Bible say we're going to suffer persecution and we need to arm ourselves. Likewise, don't think it's strange when fiery trials come against you. The same temptations that Christ faced, we're going to we too are going to face arm yourself. Likewise, we're going to suffer in the flesh. This flesh is going to suffer because every time we do what God say, we don't do what our flesh wants.
And that's what, so we have to crucify our flesh daily. We have to kill the desires of our flesh and say, no, my love for God. I love God more than I love this. I love God more than I do the, than that. I don't know what it is. What's your vice? What vice, what, what, what vice is that the devil's using on you? But it's our love for God that causes our obedience to God. When we love the world, we lose our desire for God. John tells us to love not the world, nor the things that are in the world. Because when we love the world, then the love of the Father is not in us. And for this is the love of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. When we start lusting and chasing after the things of this world, it, it takes us away from the word. It takes, it causes us to quit chasing after God. We've departed from the faith and now we're chasing after all these riches and we don't even have time for God. We don't even have time for the God who we say gave us a job. We don't even have time for the God who we say gave us our spouse. We don't have time for God. Okay, God, I got it now. You sit over there. I got this. I got it from here. And we say things like, well, life doesn't come with a manual. The, the, the Bible is our manual. The word of God is to teach us how to live righteously. It is. It's not just for a word of exhortation, edification, confirmation. It's to teach us how to live righteously. So when we don't know how to be married, we can go in the word and find out as a wife, what's my part? What am I to do? What is my husband supposed to do? My husband's supposed to take care of me. We're supposed to love on each other. We're supposed to be there for each other. You know, um, what what does the word say on children? What does the word say about finances? What does, yes. For every problem, there really is a promise. Go to God and say, God, give me wisdom. I need your wisdom. I don't want to do this on my own. I want to know how to, I want to, I want to know what's your counsel? What's the counsel of God? What's the word of God? The word of God is the will of God. I'm trying to take the work out so of your life so you can rest. And only somebody you have to satisfy and please is God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when you're pleasing to God, you're going to be pleasing to people. You see what I'm saying? God is not rude. He's not mean. He's not bitter. He's not unforgiving. That's not the characteristics of Christ. That's not who he is, and that's not how he is. So to have fellowship, Jesus said, if you say you have fellowship with me, but yet you still walk. I'm talking about lifestyle. When you see the word walk, he's talking about lifestyle, but you still walk in darkness. You are lying. The truth is not in you. There's no condemnation. He's saying, why is he saying this? Because to fellowship. But if you walk in the light as he is in the light, then, you know, we have fellowship with one another, the word says. So um, why? When we when we um, so our love for God comes out of our obedience to God, our obedience to God comes out of our relation. Our love for God comes out of our relationship with God. So spend time with God. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Because why is this that when we because when we delight ourselves in the Lord, He's going to change our desires to his desires. And all we're going to be asking for is what he wants. <laughs> so we want to change um, our heart's desire. Then uh, let's let's delight ourselves in the Lord. Let's spend time with the Lord. Let's fellowship with the Lord. Prayer, praise, worship. This is not about religion. It's about having a relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. He's now sitting on the right hand side of the Father. Understanding that God is our Father. He's our Abba Father. We have been adopted by Him. And this is why we cry, Abba Father. Don't get into doctrines. Just share your testimony. Because an eyewitness is a best witness. You're telling me about what you read. But I'm telling you about what I lived on a daily basis. I'm telling you that 
I have peace that passes all understanding. I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit really is a comforter. Because when I lost my mom, who was my best friend, he, he comforted me. He cradled me. You know, he cared, you know, that he really, I experienced that peace that passes all understanding. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you're telling me some, some stuff that you read about. You're telling me about, I don't care about the, I don't care about Jesus' hair being like wool. I don't care about that kind of stuff. I'm just telling you that his word is true, that he reads when he said that he wouldn't leave us comfortless, that that verse is true. I'm telling you because I've lived that verse. I'm telling you that peace that passes all understanding. I'm telling you that's real because I've experienced it. And, a, and the best witness is an eyewitness. Though I have not physically touched him, I have tasted for myself. And I'm telling you, I'm here to testify to you. I don't care about the doctrines. I don't care about what you read. I don't care about what no one said. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm fully convinced because I've tasted and seen for myself that the Lord is good. Here, come, come fellowship, come sup, sup. Come sup and fellowship and just try it. Because if it's not real, what do you have to lose? If Jesus Christ is not the son of God, what is there to lose? You know, that's the only name that a teacher can get in trouble for saying at school is Jesus. We can say Buddha. We can say Muhammad. We can say everybody else. But if you say the name of Jesus, you lose your job. That's how much power. That's how you know. Why is it? Why is the name such a threat to you when it's not even real? Well, how can a prayer hurt you if it's not going to help you? If, it, if it's not real, then what is there to fear? What's the fight all about? What, why do you have a problem with me believing Jesus Christ is the Son of God? If it's not real. But see, my the promise, me believing in Jesus Christ, I'm going to go be, go be with the Father. And not only that, I'm going to have peace, joy, and everything I need right here on the earth, which I am experiencing right now. I'm experiencing this right now. I'm not just telling you about what I read. I'm telling you about what I experienced. This is why I say it's time to testify because people are going to believe. You, you know, you're not going to just be able to go up to people and tell them a bunch of Bible verses. They know about religion. Tell them about your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's time to testify. You guys listening on my podcast, it says it's time to testify. Why we must testify. We overcome by the, uh, the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Because the greatest witness is an eyewitness. Always be ready to give an answer for the hope that's within you. Because I'm telling you, those devils are out here and they're out. Uh, they're going to challenge you. They're going to walk up to you. And when they want to challenge you on doctrine, tell them, I don't know about all of that. I'm just going to tell you uh, how I know that Jesus Christ is real. Because the best witness is an eyewitness. I'm getting ready to end it here. You guys be blessed, be encouraged, spend time I'm developing that love relationship, your love relationship with God. The same way we know that we have to spend time with our spouses and everybody else in order to have a relationship or to, you know, we have to fellowship with another person is the same way we have to spend time with God and I fellowship with him. I'm tapping on my podcast, spending time with God. I have one entitled spending time with God and everything else, your obedience for God, your love for God is going to cause your obedience to God. Okay relationship, relationship, relationship. I'm ending it here. Hit that support button or you guys share this podcast. Be so blessed. Be encouraged. Keep looking for the good in your day. 
so you can see God's goodness all throughout your day. And I pray that this has taken the work out of your life and it's going to cause you to enter into the rest of God. Because when we enter into the rest of God, we enter into the peace of God, the rest of God through our relationship with God. And when you enter into a relationship with God, you're not going to feel like you just got to be working, 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 trying to please God. To please God is to believe God and to act on what he says. I mean, here, you guys be blessed. Be so encouraged. And Father, we just thank you that you uh, give us, a, a, you bring this word back to us, that you give us your wisdom to know how to do what we just heard. Quicken our spirit, Holy Spirit. And refresh our testimonies. Some of you need to revive your testimonies. You haven't told it in years. But that's how some people are going to be able to believe. is by you telling them what Christ has done. How you, you once was lost, but now you found. I don't know about you, but all I know, I don't know about all that other stuff. But this one thing I do know is that I once was lost. But now, see, I once was blind. I, I once was lost, but now I'm found and I'm not looking for love in all the wrong places and the wrong people. I'm not looking to 